You have a tremendous problem. The first thing, always, that they mentioned to me, Mr. Trump, please do something. We may not like it, but I heard parts of the Spider-Man show. And we're going to work with you people to help you solve that very big problem. Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> and I sincerely hope you are a living, breathing human listening. Nothing against non-humans, but they don't really help much with the ratings. I know that sounds, you know, somewhat cold-blooded, but in the predatory world of radio, real live people are a must. You know, if you want to stay on the air, you know. So I should probably now acknowledge our designated laugher, Gina. How you doing tonight? I am fully prepared to be a laughing machine just for you. Super. Uh, can you give me, like, at least a hearty guffaw to get things started here? <laughs> All right, that'll, that'll work. Um, okay, also hanging out in the studio is our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, wink or something so the listeners, you know, know I'm not just pretending some dude is sitting next to me in the studio. Well, I'll do more than just wink. Hey, now. Hey, everyone. I'm Gerald Holcomb. I'm the co-host of the show, and I You're am a temporary co-host. Seriously, Gerald? A temporary permanent co-host, and I'm pretty darn thrilled to be here tonight. I may not know what we have scheduled on the program, but I fully trust that it will be very entertaining. A uh, temporary permanent co-host are not privy to such classified information, but yeah, I am fairly confident that this will be a decent show. Uh, you'll just have to, you know, wait like those listening to see if I'm lying or not. Hey, yeah. Uh, listen, I would never accuse you of lying should this fall short fall short of expectations, yeah. but you may on rare occasion slightly stretch the truth, but flat out preva- pre- prevaricating, no. Uh, is prevaricating like hardcore lying? Uh, like saying I'm, I'm in that Menza club or I could grow a really good hipster beard if I wanted? Well, a lie is a lie, Spud. I don't know if there's a scale to determine what is a small lie and what's a large well, lie. Well, good. So Shut up. You know, could you just like get me a fresh chilled bottle of Pepto-Bismol from the fridge? This one here's about dead. Oh, all right. No problem. Too. No problem. But I just got you that one a little while ago. You know, you might want to be aware of I don't of how have much- a problem here, okay? Let's change the subject. 
Very well. I'll grab you a new one on the next break. But, you know, say, I was watching Sean Hannity's show last night on Fox News. They are not uh, our friend. Something really hit me. There seems to be a thirst across this nation right now for someone who can express passion. You know, hit that visceral note that so many yearn to hear. Frankly, that laid-back, slacker attitude of yours just doesn't cut it anymore. And I say that with total respect, Spud. Look, I've Uh kind of picked up that people right now are are really agitated, I guess, but I can't change who I am, man. That kind of approach takes a lot of energy, and you know I'm a very, very low-energy guy. Yeah, how did that work out for Jeb Bush? I'm just saying that people seem to crave a more in-your-face approach, like Trump and Cruz on the right and, of course, Bernie on the left. Maybe you, too, could pick out a handy target to rail against. You know, most of the main groups of people have already been taken, but... If we put our heads together, I'm sure we could come up with a nationality or corporation or religion that most people are just fed up with. But that sounds so much like work. It's, it's not yeah. an easy task getting everyone all stirred up. And, and what if they suddenly turned on me? You know, when people get too angry, you can't control them. Yeah. And I don't want them coming at me with their pitchforks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Look, I'm scaring myself right now, so I'm gonna, I gotta play some music. All right, this band, uh, Julia, Massey, and the Five Finger Discount, played on our radio show live a couple times. Julia is an amazing musician and performer. Uh, this song is off the band's self titled record released in 2013. Here is Top 100. Roll it.
is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, hi, this is Don Rickles. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. That'll show you how my career is going. I hope you listen to it, because the last time I saw him, he was out in the woods chopping logs. But who knows? Ah, uh, that's it, folks. Uh, Spud. Yeah. They're actually calling in now. Two former oh boy. U.S. Senate Majority Leaders, Tom Daschle and Trent Lott. You know, I remember seeing them both all the time on Meet the Press. I sure hope you are up to this. Again, we are here in the sanctuary of democracy. Yeah, well, I'm well aware of how this could go off the tracks. Yeah. Don't make me any more nervous than I already am. You know they've written a book about fixing the, the current train wreck in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. It's an important book, more important than those books about losing weight or, or how, about, you know, how somebody's TV career, you know, the ones that, yeah. that I normally interview people about. Yeah. Well, listen, just try to limit your use of the word super if you can. Uh, now you're really making me nervous. Well, I need to just be myself and not be intimidated. I mean, even former U.S. Senate majority leaders put their pants on one leg at a time and are, and are just regular people like you and me, right? Uh, no, no, they are not. Yeah, I know. Just, just put them through and wish me luck. Good luck. Please welcome former Senate Majority Leaders Tom Daschle and Trent Lott to the Spud Goodman Show. Senators, we appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about the new book. Good to be with you, Spud. All right. Glad to be with you, Spud. Yeah. Well, the title is Crisis Point, Why We Must and How We Can't Overcome Our Broken Politics in Washington and Across America. That's a long and powerful title. And if I might make a personal statement here, you both are addressing the most important issue facing this country. So, uh, you know, and if it doesn't get fixed, our democracy could be toast, right? So I sure hope the right people read this book. Well, that's that's really our hope, too. We we think that... um, it is a crisis point, but we think it's fixable. You know, we've been through some very, very tough times in our past. Over the last 200 years, a lot of different challenges we've faced as an American people. This one's fixable. It's going to take some real leadership, some real bipartisanship, and some real effort on the part of the American people to re-engage and, and, uh, and be invested themselves. Well, um, our book uh, it does have a lot of history woven into it, and we talk about uh, some of the problems we face. We went through very difficult times when we were in the majority leader positions, and including people, uh, a president and a 50-50 Senate. But the book really is focused on, okay, here's some lessons we're, we've learned, and here's some things we think we should uh, talk about, think about, and maybe do to change the dynamics and the discourse in Washington. Well, Senators, on our show tonight, we've you know touched on the possibility of tapping into this angry energy thing that's all the rage in politics now. I'm even being advised as a talk show host to be angry as people seem to be drawn to it. Do you both sense that we've now almost, we have like almost tribal connections politically? I mean, along geographic lines to a degree. I mean, what seems to be happening out there? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of different things happening. People are feeling legitimately concerned and frustrated about the, uh, the their inability to, uh, to economically uh, make ends meet, to try to get their... Uh, the opportunities for good education, all the the array of challenges that an American family faces are all harder these days, and I think they're frustrated, especially when they see such a dysfunctional state of affairs in Washington. They don't feel that Washington is addressing is addressing those problems, and so that's really what we've got to do is is to recognize that we don't play to their fears. What we do is we really have to find ways to. To, to, to meet their hopes and aspirations and develop the kind of agenda in Washington that accommodates our ability to get some things, some, some things done. That's, right. I think that's what people want. They want to see action. They want to see somehow 
uh, some hope that they can improve their lives. Well, looking at the current election cycle, as former leaders of your parties, if every politician goes all in on this I'm angry as hell Howard Beale thing, how much more difficult will this make your efforts at bringing sanity back to government? Well, and it, it bothers me, uh, the language that we've heard, the, uh, the negative uh, ads that are running. And that's one reason why I'm, I'm supporting John Kasich for the nomination, because he's stayed positive. He's got an optimistic view of what should be done. And by the way, he's the only one who's had the experience where he's actually done it. Uh, he was chairman of the budget committee in the House when we got a balanced budget that led to a surplus. Uh, he's been in the private sector, and he's a very successful governor. But uh, maybe because he's not been out there with a lot of negative ads and hasn't used a super PAC to attack everybody else, uh, you know, he's right now, uh, he's back in the pack, uh, you know, running, I guess, fourth. Right. Well, when you both decided to take on this topic, I would guess the first step in formulating a solution to this to a serious problem is to determine just how and why we arrived at our current, uh, I guess, be a state of total dysfunction. Do you think the closing of the Senate dining room was the tipping point? Well, I think that's a symptom of, of what's going on. I mean, the closing of the dining room is a reflection of how little people are there to use the dining room. You know, if you had uh, if you had uh, people working five days a week, three weeks a month, uh, you'd need a dining room. Uh, right now, they don't need one. They, they're they're there generally on Wednesdays, and you know you can't run the country on Wednesdays. You've got to figure out a way to keep people in Washington so they get to know each other, they build the relationship that Trent and I had the good fortune to have, and. And then you, you, you've got to build a, a consensus around those relationships. None of that is happening today, and that's a big reason why we find ourselves in such a state of dysfunction. Right. Well, was it because if you were seen eating with someone from the other party, you'd get labeled a traitor and maybe get primaried? I mean, it was, I mean did people just didn't feel comfortable well, being seen? Well, yeah, I guess so. You know, I used to enjoy going to that dining room and sound with Monaghan from New York, who was one of the most brilliant senators we had. He was a character. I really enjoyed it, and I didn't get to condemned. You know, usually when we'd sit there, somebody just the helmets would be sitting right next to us, or, or Tom would walk in, and, and we, we talked about history. We talked about what was going on in the country and in the world. You know, one of the problems now in Washington is they don't communicate, right. let alone listen to each other. Uh, the president doesn't like to talk to the Congress. The Congress doesn't like to talk to him or to each other. And if you don't have that kind of communication, you're not going to build a respect, a trust, and a friendship, which is important not only in life, but certainly in trying to come up with answers to these very difficult problems we face economically, domestically, and in the world. Right. Well, Senator Lott, your memoir was aptly titled Herding Cats, A Life in Politics. As a Republican Senate Majority Leader, you know, it seems to me that that position would be about as much fun as getting a root canal, as your party seems to play a rougher, more full-contact brand of politics. You know, they don't show much mercy to those in leadership positions. Is that Would that be an accurate assessment? Well, that's true. And if, if, you, if you make a mistake uh, politically or something you say or do, you probably don't want to be a Republican because your head will be handed to you. And, and that's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, that's just part of it. Uh, look, it used to be rough at the beginning of our country. I, we got a quote in our book from John C. Calhoun from South Carolina mm. about Henry Clay, who was known as a compromiser. And here's what uh, Calhoun said. He said, I don't like Clay. He's a bad man, an imposter, a creator of wicked schemes. I don't, uh, wouldn't speak to him, but by God, I love him. Oh. <laughs> and uh, you know, how much flack did he take for that? That's the way it ought to be. You know, I didn't agree with Ted Kennedy on, on hardly anything. 
But I found a way to work with him on some issues like immigration reform, children's health care, because and by doing that, we probably produced a a better product and one that costs less uh, and, and dealt with some important issues. We didn't always succeed. I certainly didn't agree with him on a lot of occasions, but that you just you have to work with people across the aisle and the philosophical divide. And right. You know, it's always been rough and tumble. There's the famous incident in 1856 where Preston Brooks came over from the House of Representatives and used his cane on Charles Sumner, the senator from Massachusetts, and built, beat him within inches of his life. And, you know, we haven't had a caning incident now in 120 years, so I guess we're <laughs> making progress. Yeah, although it kind of looks like we might be headed towards one of those cane incidents soon, but I, okay, uh, I'm sorry, Spud, but I've been listening intently to your interview with the senators, and I was wondering if you could ask them if being a senator was more fun than being like... Look, hey, I'm speaking with two former majority leaders of the United States Senate here. They have written a really important book about making our government work again. I am not going to ask some goofy question if their job was more fun than being a rock star or something, okay? I was not thinking of a rock star. I was going with the movie star route. I mean, okay. they get their picture taken all the time. They fly all over the world. They right. get to attend fancy dinners. It's a pretty glamorous life, don't you think? Uh, yeah, they do live large, but it took many years for each of them to get to the position of Senate Majority Leader. It just didn't happen like Brad Pitt's career blowing up after Thelma and Louise. Please just be quiet and let me finish the interview. Uh, okay, okay, got it. Uh, Senators, please forgive the interruption. Absolutely. Well, Senator Daschle, in your term as majority leader, uh, it was in the midst of enormous political upheaval given the 2000 contested election. Yeah, we all seem to remember that. Um, Your book, like no other time, detailed how chaotic it was in the 107th Congress. Just how wild did that food fight get? Well, it was pretty wild. First of all, it was the first 50-50 Senate. Then you had, of course, a Supreme Court decision on the next president of the United States when uh, when the, the Gore-Bush uh, 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 saga unfolded. And, uh, and then you had 9-11 and the anthrax attack all within about 24 months. And so it was an enormously difficult time. And through that time, I, I think one of the biggest things that, uh, that we can look back on now with some satisfaction is that Trent and I uh, developed an even closer partnership. We, uh, we felt uh, probably more than any other time prior to or after that that it was really critical we keep the lines of communication open. We had a hotline on our desk where we could talk to each other and only to each other wow. through that hotline. You needed that kind of, uh, that kind of, uh, of, of tool in order to make sure that, uh, that nothing fell through the cracks. We didn't do it perfectly, and we're not saying that that's exactly what people ought to do now. But there are lessons you can learn, and some of those things work then. I think they could work now. That almost makes too much sense. But uh, So the new book does offer solutions to the mess we're now in, but do either of you get a sense that members of both parties are in the mood to take on what you're offering them? I, I sure hope they're listening. Well, Trent likes to say, and I think he's exactly right. Well, you know, I talk to a lot of our former colleagues, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and including the leadership. They know that uh, uh, their approval rating is in the tank. Uh, they know that they should be doing this differently, uh, but they're not doing it, uh, you know, in the, in the Senate. Right, right. Well, would it be fair to say that there are many organizations that would not benefit if a new pi- bipartisan spirit did take hold in government? For one thing, it'd wipe out cable news as we know it and maybe AM talk radio for sure. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I think we're still trying to adjust to the new reality of, of technology. Right. Well, I got to say this, though it might smack of Big Brother, I sure hope your book is made mandatory reading for all citizens. As it, you know, it really doesn't matter what your politics are. If nothing can get through Congress, policy matters are irrelevant. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping people read this book. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate that, and we hope so, too. Right. So I want to thank you both for your literary efforts. The country owes you both on this one. The book, again, is Crisis Point, Why We Must and How We Can Overcome Our Broken Politics in Washington and Across America. Senator Lott, Senator Daschle, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having us. gluten-free. I now only eat food that is gluten-free, as I want to be the healthiest person I can be. I will never again eat stuff that tastes good to me, and also now things smell a little different when I pee. I will die a very healthy but sad man, you see, as now I only eat food that is gluten-free. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Spud Goodman don't let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula and puts it in the pan. And why he does that, I just don't understand. He grabs some pencil to quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman! Spot Goodman Show! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Welcome, our musical guest. Al Laura to the show. Gentlemen, uh, out yourselves with your full name, yes, including your middle name, and the instrument you will be playing. I'm uh, Elijah Moore, Elijah Jamin Moore. That's Raymond with a J, and I am going to be slapping the drums. Super. My name's Harrison McDonald. I'll be slapping the bass. All right. My name is Levi James Castelli. That's Rames with a J. Um, I'm just going to be playing guitar and making noise with my mouth. A little less violent. All right, I like that. Well, please give the listeners the birth history of Wow Laura. And by the way, Wow has a comma after it before Laura. Is that a trademark, or what are we talking about with that? We like. Oh, go ahead. As a as a band, we just value punctuation. Okay. Uh, we're very punctual band. There you go. All right. <laughs> well, what's the projected shelf life of Wow Laura? Do you plan to stay together for eternity? Because that's a long time. We actually broke up yesterday. Okay, well, I, I was kind of getting at that. All right, super. Well, when Wow Laura gets together uh, on your free time, you know, what's the snack food of choice? Because regular listeners are are very aware that I'm so so snack central in my worldview. I'm so hungry. You know, just very. It's a very important topic to me. So, what is the the Wow Laura go to snack? Sriracha. Yeah, just straight sriracha. 
Okay. All right. Super. Spicy. Yeah. Well, is there anybody in the band who have ever, ever wished upon a star and had their wish granted? I I don't know, guys. I've wished upon many stars, but got nothing from it. All right. Well, I thought it was trying. a satellite, but I think I still got it. Just had to cover that issue. All right. Well, what's the name of the first song you're going to do? Uh, this song is called Aurora Borealis. Okay. Let's do it. This is a Spud Goodman Show. This is a Spud Goodman Show.
So, Spud, as a patriotic American, I sure do hope that a possible new bipartisan spirit that the Senators Daschle and Lott talked about yeah. in their book earlier right. will happen. But just in case the current mood of the populace continues, and you do want to tap into what seems to be the zeitgeist of America right now, uh. well, I have some ideas that might facilitate that. Americans love a winner. So facilitate means make it happen, right? And yeah. and there you go again, though. I got to say this with that zeitgeist word one more time. Well, you must have seen that in, in, that in that crossword puzzle you've been working on during the show. Well, I have to do something to keep my mind active during this program. I'm not complaining here, but I really have nothing uh, to do really? in terms of me. Well, no, but I don't have any meaningful duties, and it kind of gets mind-numbing at times. Well, well, first of all, you are complaining, uh, uh, well, and, and, and that was a complaint. You know, I, I got to get that. And you know the rules. I, you know the rules. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. And secondly, or thirdly, I'm not quite sure, you're not supposed to do anything important. You're a co-host, man. Well, <laughs> thank you, Gina. Whatever. Well, regarding jumping on board with the anger that seems to be fueling the candidacy of Donald Trump and the others, well, I think this would be in your wheelhouse, so to speak. You always seem angry, at least around me. So why not use that energy in a positive manner and help the show? I, I bet you could be a much better hate monger than Trump. So you are a Republican, right? Yeah. Is this anger doing anything for you so far? Well... Yeah, I am, but as you know, I'm adverse to conflict. So my candidate is Ben Carson. Uh, you know, I heard Oop. he quit his campaign, but <laughs> you know, since he already paid for his bus and hotel rooms through March, he's going to hang out with the other candidates oh, for a right, while longer, right, I right, guess. Right. But listen, the wife and I love him, but it's clear that manners and showing respect to your fellow man are not in vogue right now, which does open a lane for you, too, right along with Donald Trump. Tonight, a Kelly File exclusive. But, you know, I'm not real fond of, uh, of Mr. Trump. The only thing we have in common, really, is we both love the poorly educated. You know, I, <laughs> I will never forget interviewing him on my old cable TV show. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching him slather on the Purell for like 15 minutes after shaking my hand when it was over. I'm not a carrier of exotic diseases. I, I never, I couldn't understand what he was doing. But anyway, but... That Donald Trump yeah. from like 15 years ago, that's how long ago it was. Well, he was a gas bag then, but not nearly as big a gas bag as he is today. Yeah, but people seem to like gas bags these days. Yeah, tell me about uh, it. I wish Ben Carson would start talking about disposing of some race of people or religion. Well, okay, I mean, maybe not my religion, but it would do wonders for his campaign, yeah, I think. I might be able to pull off that anger deal as it... I don't know. It, it would be easy, but I think if I if I really really tried, but I could not in good conscience advocate entire races and religions, uh, you know, basically be rounded up and deported from our population. Courtney, Chloe. Now maybe I'd make some exceptions, but I don't know. I I, I know I know. Listen, you're just gonna have to use some discretion before pointing an angry finger at whole ethnic groups or faiths. Right. You are somewhat of a smart guy. I bet you can figure out the safe way to do this. You know, maybe you should test out some positions now on the air so our <laughs> listeners can give you feedback. It's sort of a soft opening for the riled up and angry as hell Spud Goodman. I, I could give it a shot, but how? 
how angry should I be? You know, like work the rage up to like spit coming out of my mouth as I go on a rant? Or well, should I be like more under control and say even worse, more disgusting statements, but in a manner that doesn't, you know, initially frighten people? Well, why don't you start off with some mildly nationalistic stuff? You know, throw in how we're losing control of our culture, right, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, that, that, that usually does work well. Yeah. Well, how about this? I am really pissed off at people who share the same cat video on Facebook. After I see it like 15 or 16 times, I want to throw my damn laptop in the garbage. We, need to, we just need to do something about this now. You can't prevent everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that'll play well with those thirsting for their fix of anger. That's yeah. pretty, that's oh, yeah. pretty lame. Whatever. But... Just let me think about it and, and just, just see if my next guest is ready to go, okay? Very well. Let, let me check. And uh, uh, the board is telling me, yes, your next guest, Lisa Lampanelli, is holding for you. All right. You know, I know she's been on the show in the past, but yeah. are you at least a bit intimidated? I mean, she is, I know she's no former Senate majority leader like you already had, but Lisa is the queen of mean. She could tear people apart if she's in the mood. Yes! Well, my job then is to not give a reason to do so. I dig Lisa. You know, she was a great guest the last time she was on. Yeah. I don't think she's going to rip me too bad. You know, having your character and really your entire being destroyed by another for entertainment purposes right. is a form of flattery. The act of someone taking the time to thoroughly criticize every aspect of a person is something to appreciate. But at least that's what I tell myself after every show with you, Spud. That's so hot. Well, thank you, I guess. I'm glad yeah. you're finally getting it, though. But the thing is with Lisa, you know, she has world-class skills in this area, and I am but an amateur. You know, just but put her on. Let's get this oh, thing going. Okay, but if she does rip you apart, just remember to be grateful when it's over. Right, just put her through. Here she is. Please welcome back to the show one of the top comedians in the world, a woman who shows no fear on stage, the undisputed queen of mean. Say hello to Lisa Lampanelli. Thanks for checking back in with us. Oh, my God, I'm so happy to talk to you again. You always make this fun. Well, that's kind of my job, yeah. Well, let's get this out of the way. You have a show coming up on March 12th in Seattle at the Moore Theater. Tickets are available online, but as you always sell out, people need to get on it right now. Yeah, they do. That's especially Seattle because that's where I filmed one of my specials uh, in uh, at the Moore, and people seem to enjoy me out there. So come on out, all types of people, so I can make fun of you to your face. Right. All right. Um, well, Lisa, tonight I'm being advised to try a makeover uh, in my on-air demeanor to get on board with this angry vibe that seems to be doing so well for politicians right now. <laughs> so as you personally know, the current poster boy for this behavior, Donald Trump, quite well. Do you see this as a temporary fat or the new normal wow i hope it's the new normal because i've been doing that angriness for about 25 years and it's really paid off so i think uh if everybody could be just as mean as me or trump who is my personal <laughs> i won't say hero but i'll say kind of my head scratcher at this point um yeah i think it'll be nice for for the world yeah, if you take his politics out, I guess he would be tolerable, but yeah. Um, well, <laughs> exactly. Earlier on the show, we had former Senate Majority Leaders Tom Daschle and Trent Lott on, and they seem to feel that a pleasant, cooperative, bipartisan approach is what we all have to get back to in this country. If you were president, how would you deal with those who verbally attacked you for even the smallest things like the color of your dress or who, who you invited to a dinner party? I'm thinking you wouldn't turn the other cheek. 
Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. I turn both of my other cheeks and say, kiss this. This is what happens. People insult me. If they insult me on Twitter or anywhere else, then they're beheaded. I think that's a good policy in this country. And I say we put it into effect right now. Or actually, if I win the election because I'm going to be announcing myself as Donald Trump's running mate for vice president, I think those uh, policies could be put into effect very quickly. Oh, now you're you're really scary. All right, super. As a woman in comedy, you know, you've had to kick in some doors, as I'm sure your journey wasn't without a few obstacles. Now there are many women dominating the field, so you must feel like you had a hand in this. Well, I definitely feel proud and happy that I did this. And, you know, the real door kickers were, you know, the Joan Rivers and those people. And I'm like, thank God they existed or I would have never had a career. But, boy, I'm so proud of people like, you know, Whitney Cummings, Amy Schumer, people who far surpass anything a woman used to be able to do in comedy. And I'm just like, wow, pretty and funny. That's good. You're right. Well, let's talk a little bit about your stage play, uh... Fat Girls Interrupted that you wrote. Now, you address the body image issues women are confronted with in this era, but you know, I've seen some artwork from that Renaissance era that would have put all the supermodels out of business, you know? Do you think that skinny look will someday go the way of shag haircuts and bell bottoms? Well, I hope if it does, it's before I die, because, man, I'm telling you, if I get to hit 70 and fat is in, I'm letting it all go again. I'm re- I'm Here I am trying to maintain my weight loss, which I have done for four years now. I'm trying to run five miles every other day. Wow. It's a lot of work. Wow. So, yeah, if we could ever go back to the Rubenesque, sexy, sort of curvy gal, I'm in. Huh. Well, you did, you did personally lose over 100. I guess personally, I guess if you lost it, it would be personal. But you lost. <laughs> over 100 pounds i mean that is just amazing uh wow yeah i got i was very lucky i had a great surgeon who really made my journey really yeah i wouldn't say easy but really great great transition to eating tiny amounts of food that are high in protein plus working out and i'm like wow this is like a miracle i get to live longer now well you're so locked in that if if thin did go out would it ever be doable to gain it back or would it be impossible at this point no, it's, it is not, it's never impossible, as you've seen with a lot of people with weight loss surgery. They kind of screw it up. But, uh, no, I'm so disciplined as far as just working on myself and working on my emotions and, you know, the things that made me eat in the first place, which is never food. It's always emotion. That I'm like, you know what? Lisa isn't gaining this back. Like I said, unless, you know, it comes into fashion to be fat, then I'm there. All right. Super. Um, you know, there was a quote in the press that referenced you on stage as like a dominatrix, so to speak. So to me, that would be seem, you know, kind of an easy gig for you to pursue on the side is all you'd have to do is direct a few jokes at a client. And you got like hours and hours of potential material give them a love tap or two with a shoe and you know maybe you have to put out a cigarette or two on them but i don't know i would do it part-time but no one would hire me well you know the thing is that's what i used to call a husband that was the client you know when i was married i would be happy to put out a cigarette right in his forehead but i got divorced so now i got no one to wreck this anger at so possibly if i retired then i could be the world's oldest dominatrix which would be pretty funny to see that in leather i don't know if anybody wants to see that well heck yeah i'd sign up uh absolutely <laughs> man for sure <laughs> well um i was speaking of marriage i wanted to hit you that though I, um how, how would you describe uh the aspect of, of being a performer and being married. How, how much of a challenge is that? Oh, it's the worst. 
because we as performers are total egomaniacs. At least I was back when I was married. So it was all about me. Every conversation had to do with me. And it was just too, uh, I was too centered on myself to really be in the right kind of relationship. So I think I learned a lot of lessons. And if I decide to date again at some point, I'll take those lessons with me. It's really tough to be both. I'm going to file out. I just wrote that down, filing it away for me personally. If I ever get to that point, I mean, you have to have, find somebody to actually marry. But anyway, so Lisa, when you were on previously, we discussed the fact that you raised over 50000 bucks for the Gay Men's Health Crisis Fund after being picketed by the Westboro Church in Topeka, Kansas in 2011. So here's my question. Sadly, the Reverend Fred Phelps, the leader of the organization, has since passed away. Do you think, you know, do you have a sense that he's currently residing in hell or is there a place even hotter and lower than hell? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, first of all, I know you said sadly, ironically, when you said he died. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's he's probably, um, he's burning. And what I love about it is they've become kind of a little bit less active now that he's gone. Maybe the crazy is starting to dissipate. But we'll see soon because in a few weeks I'm going to be in uh, those areas. So oh. we'll see what happens, man. Oh, wow. But Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's burning. And also, I'm still alive after the picketing and the donation, so he can suck it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we know who won that one. All right. Um, Excuse me, Spud. Yes? Well, I wanted to jump in here and advise you not to make light of hell. It is a place we all should be quite fearful of. Now, I know you are a failed Catholic now, but it's, yes, I am. it's not too late to reconsider. As a Mormon, I would hate to think of you spending eternity there with or without Mr. Phelps. I don't believe in hell, okay? Heaven, maybe. I mean, that's a nice option rather than just having to hang around here on Earth in the dirt or in some urn. I know Mr. Phelps was not a pleasant man. Yes, he did make extremely cruel statements at times over a bullhorn at the funerals of many great Americans, many who served this country bravely. That's right. But I'm sure he was just misguided. Deep down, maybe he was a decent person. No, I don't think so. And the only time I'm really sad that there is no actual hell is when I think of this guy. Well... Just the same, please do give some thought to returning to the fold. It would at least keep your options open. I mean, still, there's no guarantee you would ever make it to heaven, as it's a pretty tough ticket for the average person, let alone you, Spud Goodman. But at least give it a shot. Yeah, I'll think about it, okay? But let me get back to Lisa. I really like this lady, even if she does dig Trump. All right, Lisa, I'm back. I had to tie my shoe, and I'm, I'm very OCD about it. It takes me a while. My apologies. Sure, no problem. Uh, well, Lisa, <laughs> last question. Um, you know, if you could trade places with anyone in the world for 24 hours, who would it be? Wow. You know who it would be? Donald Trump's hair. Oh. I just want to sit on top of that head and see what the view is like from up there and just see what I'm actually made of. Because did you see that thing? We, we still don't know. It's the greatest mystery since Obama's birth certificate. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't even venture, uh, I put forth an opinion actually on what that is on his head, but you were up close and personal with him for an extended period of time, but you don't really have a firm grasp on if, you know, what it actually is? I'm going to, you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with either orange cotton candy or a ferret with its tail rolled around a few times. So we will soon see when he has to produce that documentation. Yeah, all right, super. And yeah, well, hopefully someone will, will, will prompt him to do so because, yeah, because the world wants to know. All right. 
right. Well, tell you what, I want to get this out. Uh, once again, you're going to be appearing in Seattle on March 12th at the Moore Theater. Showtime is 8 p.m. and tickets are still available, though, as I said, you always sell out wherever you go. So I just, you know, I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate you calling in to the show again. Oh, my God, I love it. This is one of the few phone calls to radio that I actually look forward to because the questions are so much fun and different. So thank you for amusing me. Oh, wow. I'm I'm taking that one home with me. All right, Ms. Lisa (laughs) Lampanelli. Now, these Westboro inbreds don't like Lisa Lampanelli because I have some gay fans. So I figured out how to get those back. I decided to become an ordained minister (laughs) and marry 20 gay couples right in front of their inbred eyes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Isn't that great? But sadly, I find out right before I get there, they don't have no fag marriage over in Topeka. So I had a better idea. I ran into the theater gather all the gays, and we ran outside. We stood 10 feet from those sign-waving and we all had a big, huge gay makeout session (laughs) with tongues and everything. And we all chanted, we're here, we're queer, one beer and you'll be here. laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> all right, once again. Wow, Laura. Well, please don't Feel my 
This is the Spud Goodman Show. You are listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, this is TJ Miller from uh, the hit HBO show Silicon Valley and the major motion picture Yogi Bear 3D. And uh, hopefully soon the Goreburger show on HBO. So, uh, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy your day. Enjoy Spud. And uh, if you hear that in the background, it's Dutch. I'm in Belgium. Spud, uh, our show's psychic, Ted Marr, is ready to go on the phone. Okay, uh, you know I want to ask him about this election circus that's going on right oh, now. Yeah. He can see both dead people and the future, you know. I, I guess that's why I find him somewhat intimidating. You know, Ted can tell you when you're going to, uh, well, pass away. Yeah, so I, I that, that looking <laughs> into the future thing, it's not something I feel comfortable with. Well, I'm not going to ask him when you're going to die, okay? I've told him that subject is off limits. I, I sure don't want to know myself. If he told me, like, next month I was finished, I mean, I would go out and, like, open a ton of credit cards, max them out in a couple hours. Oh, but yeah. but what if he was wrong? Then I'm stuck with bills for forever. Uh, yeah, but you would still be alive. Th- that yeah, would be I mean, yeah. one of those times where you hope he was wrong. Kind of a push. You, Ted yeah. Ted isn't wrong very often. Well, I know, just, the answer is. Just, just do his plug and put him on. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Ted Mars Out of This World show can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time on KKNW 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. It's psychic time on the show. Please say hello to Mr. Ted Marr in this segment, Out of This World. All right, Ted, going to get right into this. Uh, you're with me, right? You're, you're on the phone, right? Yes, I sure am. I right. Nice Super. to talk to you. Yeah. Well, Ted, who's going to be our next president? Part of me says I'd rather not know if your answer is Donald Trump, but if it is, then it might help Americans now listening to get a head start preparing if this is going to happen. Uh, you know? <laughs> well, let me just preface this by saying very quickly that this is a time of truth. Astrologically speaking, um, the way the stars are all lined up, uh, astrologist friends tell me that this is a time of truth lasting into the 2030s and, and beyond. And one of the, one of the things that I think um, has led to Donald, Mr. Trump's popularity is that he, he doesn't pull any punches. He may be abrasive at times, and people may find him uh, hard to take, but at least he tells, people perceive him as telling the truth. And this is why uh, he's so popular. Spud, you know something similar to this has already been done previously, right? What? I, I'm just saying, I myself am no fan of Mr. Trump. You know, the wife and I are big Ted Cruz supporters. Yeah. But listen, would you ask Ted if Senator Cruz also has a chance to be our next president? Ted Cruz? Jeez, yeah. him and Trump, that would be like having to choose between eating dirt or dog crap. Both would be rather unpleasant. Well, but I would really like to know now, before we put a Cruise in 2016 bumper sticker on our minivan. You know, they're harder than the Dickens to take off, so it's going to be with us for a good many years. I would advise against flying the colors of any of those clowns from your party. But it's a free country, so go ahead and deface your minivan. Hey, I gotta get back to Ted right now, so keep it down. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, what, I, what I'm kind of alarmed about is him, like, mm -hmm. announcing some wild executive order, like, all unattractive people be immediately deported to clean up our gene pool. And yes, I am personally a bit concerned about my own status should this occur. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not, not saying I'm Mr. serious. I'm not saying Mr. Trump's going to win. I'm saying that um, that people um, are. I think there's a lot of frustrated people out there who are tired of being um, misinformed by our government and political leaders, and um, and I think Mr. Trump feeds off of that actually. But people perceive him as basically uh, uh, maybe abrasive, but at least he tells it like it is in his own in his own mind anyway. Yeah, in his own mind. And let's hope it stays there. Hopefully, I'm, you know, I, I think my listeners who have listened, you know, I've checked out the show over a period of time, know where I stand on, on uh, the issue of uh, sure. Mr. Trump being our commander in chief. It is, is beyond chilling. Sure. But all right, I could go on for hours, but I know we're out of time here. So I want to thank you, Mr. Ted Marr and his out of this world segment. You killed it once again. <laughs> Thank you, Spud. Take care. Air defense, go ahead. Aircraft flash. One multi, multi, multi motor. High overhead, southwest. No delay, no motor. Alpha, Foxtrot, zero, 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 red. Check. Thank you. To the members of the Ground Observer Corps, the men and women who keep their constant vigil on the sky, listening, watching, ready at a moment's notice to warn of approaching danger to the security of our nation, to these guardians of democracy, this program is dedicated. The Western Air Defense Force, in cooperation with the station to which you are listening, presents Look to the Skies, a tribute to the men and women who voluntarily man the aircraft observation posts so vital in our national defense chain. Today, we salute the Ground Observer Corps with music by the Airmen of Note, the official United States Air Force Dance Orchestra, Warrant Officer Fred Kepner, leader, and featuring vocalist Sergeant Bruce Snyder. Now, the Airmen of Note open the musical portion of our show. This is Groucho Marx, and right now I'm not going to attempt any jokes, because what I have to talk about isn't very funny. Every hour of every day and night, these people, some of them perhaps your own neighbors, are standing guard over the rest of us. This program, a tribute to the Ground Observer Corps, featured the United States Air Force Dance Orchestra with vocalist Sergeant Bruce Snyder under the leadership of Warrant Officer Fred Kepner. So to conclude the topic of riding this anger wave that seems to be so popular in this country right now, well, uh -huh. well, I know, you know, many have mentioned over the years that I am somewhat cranky myself, but it sure hasn't helped my career at all to this point. Well, maybe your anger just hasn't been focused on what the American public wants to hear. We need to learn from what's working for others and build on that. Well, I know <laughs> that some of the guys on Fox News and most of all the AM, you know, radio talk show hosts surf that wave every day, but most people know what is real anger and what is fake anger. I get angry about everyday stuff that bugs me, but that won't hit the sweet spot of the supporters of Trump, Cruz, and the others. What they want is, 
I, it's something I just can't deliver. Again, I don't necessarily believe in hell, as I discussed with Lisa Lampanelli, yeah. but if it does exist, it's guaranteed I'll be headed there for sure if I go all in with this. I don't want to be Fred Phelps' roommate, man. Hell will freeze over. But all I'm saying is that there's a path that could bring this show to another level. It, yes, it would call for you to be a disgusting human being, but yeah. at the end of the day, it could be worth it. Uh, did you f not forget the banishment of that at the end of the day saying on this show? Uh -huh. That will cost you five bucks. Yeah. Put it in that cliche jar over there before you leave tonight. All right. That is incredible. Uh, but, you know, you still need to make a decision here. Carry on as you're doing now by being a non-judgmental person towards sort of those different than us yeah. true Americans. Sort of or seize this opportunity to become part of the mainstream of this country. I don't believe the majority of this country buys into this. And maybe some do, but not everyone for sure. And looking back in history... The guys who have tried this, well, it hasn't ended well for them. I sort of remember that Mussolini dude's head on a stick after the Italians woke up to his act in the forest. It's jack what you're saying. Yes, you know, the long-term prospects maybe are not appealing for anyone pushing this agenda. But yeah. no one in the radio business, or any business for that matter, can afford to think long-term these days. Yes, but you do not have the luxury to think long-term. If the ratings I was looking at the other day are accurate... Are you referring to my numbers with boys 9 to 11 and women 67 to 71? Yeah, I'm getting killed there. But did you see my numbers with both males and females 41 to 42? My best in years! What? Just give it some thought before you make a final decision. Solicit input from your listeners tonight. Ask them if they want to hear more angry nativist Spud Goodman. I think you're going to be surprised at what they're going to tell you. I think I know my audience a lot better than some temporary co-host. Uh, temporary, permanent co-host. Yeah, whatever. And maybe we're too close to this to get an accurate feel. Let your listeners give their input. So... Everyone can let Spud know your feelings about this by emailing him at thespudgoodmanshow at gmail.com. I'm very confident that they'll reflect the current polling numbers in this country. My you know, listeners, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your I toes. I would never, ever answer any questions from a polling company anyway. Most of my fans don't pick up the phone even if a close relative is calling. No. I know my people, so let me end this show now as I'm getting a migraine for having to use my brain so much tonight. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. The Spud Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Video director, T.J. Pites. On-air talent, Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan. Production assistants, Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman. Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. for an eclectic mix of music. Stay tuned for captivating talk. Stay tuned for insightful analysis of the Spud Goodman Show. 
Stay tuned for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Here is your host, Lawrence. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I, I guess I'll, be, I'll still be your host tonight on the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. With me is still my co-host, Gina. Gina, how are you doing tonight? Well, I think we both know tonight is going to be an ordeal. Oh, I and mean, we just have to suffer through it. I mean, we're professionals, and so I can guess we can survive Yeah, this. I guess. I guess we Super. can. You know, this show is going to be a challenge, so to speak, for us. But, you know, if you and me, if we hang together, I, th- I think it won't be too disgusting. <sighs> I-, I guess I should do this now, right? Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, all right, all right. Okay, Here we now, go. I'm supposed to introduce our other co-host, Derek. What? That, that's my introduction? I am now a co-host, and that's the best you can do? That is not what I was expecting or deserve. Yeah, well, you know what? We should clarify here that you are only a one-time co-host here. Gina and I, we have no clue how you pulled this off with our executive producer, Hmm. but you know what? It's something that we're going to have to discuss a little bit after the show Uh, today. Yeah, I actually don't want to know what was done to make this happen as it will probably make me ill. So let's just move along, and hopefully the show will be over before we know it. Look, this move would not have been made if our executive producer was not receiving so much positive response about me from our listeners. I knew you both would be resistant initially to this, and all I can say is that if you were true professionals, the only thing you would be focused on is how we make tonight's show the best darn Spud Goodman post-show report ever. I know I'm ready for this. How about you guys? Yep. Uh... Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, Whatever. Uh. Well, it's in your interest to do so, as we can easily make this show way more successful than Spud's first hour. I mean, think about it. How sweet would it be to get better ratings than him? That would kill him. You know how much of an egomaniac he is. Yeah, I think well, that's super. Kind of like somebody else we know. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, why don't we introduce our panel, as that's on the schedule tonight. Um, though, really, who cares about these people? I mean, if I had right. my way... We wouldn't be wasting the airtime to acknowledge them. That's I mean, cool. all shows have technical and support staff, and they don't even stop the show to say hi. Very amateurish, if you ask me. Oh, no one asked you, Derek. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, okay. So tonight, we have TJ on the soundboard. He's sitting in for Dave tonight. Hey, hey TJ, how you doing? Yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave's not here. Yeah, he might be in the Bay Area or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks. We appreciate having you, uh, TJ. We appreciate you. And then, of course, we appreciate you, our regular engineer, who's with us tonight. That's Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, Lawrence. Uh, I, I think cool. I can handle the rest from here. We uh, also have our production assistants, Trent and Carrie. Derek, did I say you could introduce me? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, we boycott that. All right, all right. Moving Bring on. Back, so here mm-hmm. the schedule says we have to play some music now. I would like to make a disclaimer here, though, that the stuff played on this show is sure as heck not what I would be airing. I mean, this is all on Spud Goodman, who is, of course, a legendary control freak. Well, yeah, you do have a point there. Yeah, you know, I'll too stipulate to that, you know. But Derek, in your case, it's another one of those instances where that uh, broken clock being right twice a day cliche is actually right. That's accurate this time. For sure. So, Lawrence, if we both keep our cool here, things should be manageable. Just... Don't let him get to you. 
All right. Well, I'll do my best. Okay. That's look, I, I know you two are making a joke at my expense, but as a team player, I will just offer up a chuckle. <laughs> Uh, and let's get the music going here we are running behind schedule no joke Uh, i told you it was a mistake to give him a schedule i know right all right well okay we're gonna lead off with the 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 whitest man on earth mr pat boone and his version of the wind cries mary then after that we're gonna go into Uh, actually you know i'm gonna jump in here we have or should i say spud has chosen to play a song by a band from austin texas the blind pets with everybody's somebody hit play just take a deep breath lauren After all the jacks are in their boxes And the clowns have all gone to bed You can hear happiness staggering on down the street Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers merry A broom is drearily sweeping Up the broken pieces of yesterday's life Somewhere a queen is weeping Somewhere a king has no wife The names it has blown 
the past And with its crutch, its old age and its wisdom It whispers, no, this will be the last And the wind cries, Mary
gentlemen, post show report. All right, all right. Still in the studio with us here. We've got Wow Laura. How you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you? Doing all right. All right. Thanks for asking. Appreciate that. <laughs> so now I'll ask everybody this. So let me, I'm going to get this out of the way, right out of the gate now here. Now, how many of you guys have actually done some prison time? And I'm talking like more than than a 12 month stint, you know, because I know you guys look pretty young, but you know, at any age, you could do time. Oh, all three of us actually served in a juvenile penitentiary. Uh, there was really lenient recreation time, and we were able to form this band. That's where we started. Wow. <laughs> Super. Something actually came out of the joint. That was good. All right. All right. And now let me ask you about the name that you guys got. Wow, Laura. Now, now were you talking about like an ex girlfriend? Because, you know, I, I knew a Laura. Yeah, she was a, or he was a hermaphrodite, you know, did a couple of years with her, uh, with him, uh, you know, so in the joint. Now, yep. is that like a story like that for you? Uh, Laura, I think she was, was she from like a TV show? Probably. Twin Peaks, I think that was what it was <laughs> Maybe. Called. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sh- we didn't know her. Oh, I you think didn't I know her. But she had some Twin Peaks. Is that what you're telling us? Oh, yeah. No. Oh. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm sure she did. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know, I just got to clear that up and all. <laughs> and now let me ask you guys this. Uh, anybody in the band dig beer nuts? Because, you know, if you do, why don't you pass some of them my way? Because, you know, I, I can't get enough. I really got into beer nuts. Beer nuts? Yeah, beer nuts. That's crunchy, salty. I, mean, I think all nuts are tasty, but... Yeah, I'll take it. I feel like beer nuts is something from the 80s, though. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they really know what they're talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and cut in here. Can you even buy beer nuts? Uh, Hey, guys, I'm Derek, the the co-host. Hi, Derek. Uh, Do you feel any particular artist or band has had a great deal of influence on Wow Laura's sound? Uh, I don't know. I've done a lot of talking. What do you you guys Uh, think? I would just say a lot of 90s slacker and emo music I, I like modest mouse a lot just a whole Kinda decade like more than po- a band post-rock influences as well a little bit yeah Those cool. good influences have i think nice. we're more influenced by like feeling sad yeah okay the emo <laughs> thing <laughs> all right now you guys can play one last song for us now um what's the name of the last song you're gonna do uh well this is the second part of a song so it's this called is, part two it's called part two part two all right wow laura
Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know, Derek, I, I kind of like it when you do the highlights. Yeah, I, I like guys. I like yeah. doing the highlights yeah. too. But you know, I'm I'm really taking a liking to this, you know, co co host thing. I think it it's got a nice ring to it. I feel like it would, you know, go on a nice little nameplate on my desk and everything. No, you need the along with highlight guy as you know the underscore thing. Anyway, so I'll go ahead and get to this first highlight that we have. Uh, So in this first highlight, Spud's talking to former Senator Senate Majority Leaders Tom Daschle and Trent Lott about their time serving in D.C. and that it actually is possible for both parties to work together. Oh, amazing. Domestically and in the world. Right. Well, Senator Lott, your memoir was aptly titled Herding Cats, A Life in Politics. As a Republican Senate Majority Leader, <laughs> you know, it seems to me that that position would be about as much fun as getting a root canal, as your party seems to play a rougher, more full contact brand of politics. You know, they don't show much mercy to those in leadership positions. Is that Would that be an accurate assessment? Well, that's true. And if, if you if you make a mistake uh, politically or something you say or do, you probably don't want to be a Republican because your head will be handed to you. And and that's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, that's just part of it. Uh, look, it used to be rough at the beginning of our country. I, we got a quote in our book from John C. Calhoun from South Carolina mm. about Henry Clay, who was known as a compromiser, and here's what uh, Calhoun said. He said, I don't like Clay. He's a bad man, an imposter, a creator of wicked schemes. I don't, uh, wouldn't speak to him, but by God, I love him. Oh. <laughs> and uh, how much flack did he take for that? It ought to be. You know, I didn't agree with Ted Kennedy on, on hardly anything. But I found a way to work with him on some issues like immigration reform, children's health care, uh, because, and by doing that, we probably produced a, a better product and one that costs less uh, and, and dealt with some important issues. We didn't always succeed. I certainly didn't agree with them on a lot of occasions, but that you just you have to work with people across the aisle and the philosophical divide. Right. You know, it's always been rough and tumble. There's the famous incident in 1856 where Preston Brooks came over from the House of Representatives and used his cane on Charles Sumner, the senator from Massachusetts, and built, beat him within inches of his life. And, you know, we haven't had a caning incident now in 120 years, so I guess we're <laughs> making progress. Yeah, although it kind of looks like we might be headed towards one of those cane incidents soon, but I, okay. Uh... Hmm, Derek, did you pick up anything from that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, I picked up a few things. Yeah, like yeah. about compromise and seeing the other side and yeah. the point of view. I, I don't think so. I, it doesn't sound like I'm not convinced. Yeah, I'm not either. No. I was checking the Trump forums. I'm really sorry. Yeah, see, this is I what I'm talking admit. about. Okay, okay. You know what? I, we got to do music. I'm disgusted here. All right. First up, we've got tonight's mashup, the Dandy Warhols versus ACDC versus the B-52s with Bohemian. And then and it, we have a Northwest favorite of Spuds, I guess. He really likes these guys. 
Blanco Bronco with Not So. You know, I know a few bands myself. I really need to talk to someone about this, but, you know, right now, just hit play, TJ. Please. Yeah, just do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right. We got another one coming, dude. Yeah, we do. Uh, so our next highlight comes from the Out of This World interview with Ooh. Ted Marr. All right. And in this clip, uh, Spud tries to pry a little bit of information out of Ted about the upcoming election. What I'm just saying, what, I, what I'm kind of alarmed about is him like mm-hmm. announcing some wild executive order like all unattractive people be immediately deported to clean up our gene pool. And yes, I am personally a bit concerned about my own status should this occur. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not saying I'm Mr. serious. I'm not saying Mr. Trump's going to win. I'm saying that um, that people um, are. I think there's a lot of frustrated people out there who are tired of being um, misinformed by our government and political leaders, and um, and I think Mr. Trump feeds off of that actually. But people perceive him as basically a, a, maybe abrasive, but at least he tells it like it is in his own in his own mind anyway. Yeah, in his own mind, and let's hope it stays there. Hopefully, you know. So. Does anyone get the feeling that maybe Trump is, um, you know, conning us all and that it's a big joke and then, you know, come election, he's going to be like, just kidding. There's, Ooh, there is yeah. no way. Mr. Trump is very serious about this election. All right. You heard him. Why don't you guys get it? He I can't he tells wait. It, he tells it like it is. I, I hope it's true, and I can't wait to see your face. When Even he does Ted Mar gets it. He said it right there in the interview. He tells it like it is, and people are upset. It, he's gonna and are sick he, and tired. He's punking us. He's totally punking us. Yeah. He is not. At the end of the day, he's gonna say, "No, nah, sorry, you're psych." Yeah, President, I'm not President Trump. President Trump. Get used to it. I don't think so. All right. You know what? Uh, let's let's do some more music. We gotta play some more music here. So first up, uh, the Secret Sisters with. My heart skips a beat, and then, after and that, we have- then I believe we have uh, um, some oh rap guy named gosh. Slick Rick with uh, Mona Lisa. All right, all right, Slick Rick. But first up are the Secret Sisters. All right, TJ, hit it. Yes, you are my every dream come true. 
my heart skips a beat when we walk down the street. I feel trembling in my knees, and just to know you're mine until the end of time makes my heart skip a Ladies and gentlemen and lowlifes, it is with outstanding pleasure that we are here to present tonight Slick Rick the Ruler and MC Ricky D doing their smash hit Mona Lisa. You know, like the picture. Anyway, I'd like to take this time out to bow before his divine majesty. Oh, your majesty. Hmm? Can I kiss your hand? Your Highness, they await you. Well, it was one of those days. Not much to do. I was chilling downtown with my old school crew. I went into a store to buy a slice of pizza. I bumped into a girl. Her name is Mona. What? Mona Lisa. What? Mona Lisa. So many. You know what I'm saying, so I say Excuse me, dear My gosh, you look nice Put away your money I'll buy a slice She said, thanks, I'd rather a slice of you I'm just kidding, but that's awfully nice of you The compliment showed she had a mind in her And when I smiled, I almost blinded her She said, great Scott, are you a thief? Seems like you have a mouth full of gold teeth Ha ha ha, I had to find that funny, so I said No child, I work hard for the money And calling me a thief, please, don't even try it right? Said I need to slice of pizza and be quiet She almost got cut short you know, scissors. She tried to disrespect who? The Grand Wizard. Me? What's your name, sir? MC Ricky D, but not to be so harsh, I said to Mona Lee. Hey. Oh, I'm sorry, and I know that's low class. Uh, Please sit, yeah. tell me a little about your fan. She said, well, I got courage, and I don't like courage. Uh -huh. I've never been to college, but I've got crazy knowledge. Uh -huh. Over 18, and my eyes are green. Uh -huh. I wear more gold than that man on uh -huh. 18. Uh -huh. Trim, slim, and I'm yeah. also light-skinned. Best believe Mona's a virgin. A virgin? Honey, needed a slice. She tried to tell me she's a virgin. With a yay white gap. I it don't matter, see, I'm not picky what? Let me spell my name out for you, it's uh -huh. Ricky yeah. Or ravishing, or Courageous or careless okay. For the gangos which I've got that I wear every day And why? Why not? Suffice not right that I recite tonight Quite polite like Walter Cronkite Well, just about then, Trevor, my friend, came in He said, hey, Rick, don't you know playing with these snakes is a sin? He grabbed me by my shirt and pulled me right out the store, he said I don't want to see you playing with these lowlights no more Now come along, we have a party to attend With some real mature women and some more of our friends He held down a cab and he waited for a minute And as the cab came, he thrusted me in it uh, And as yeah, we were leaving, it was all along uh, I could hear a melody uh, as Mona sang a song If you see me walking down the street
So, uh, either of you guys want to ask me about my communication with uh, the Donald Trump campaign? Nope. I mean, the train's rolling right down the tracks, guys. I mean, how exciting is this? Listen, keep that guy out of the conversation tonight. I can only handle so much, you know? I Just don't push me too far here. Yeah, sure enough, Doug. Don't bring up Trump tonight. You know, that might push me over the edge, too. You know, if, you, if you're going to open your mouth... You know, right now, you can at least say something that won't upset normal people. I think that's normal. I get it. Change is a very difficult thing for some people to accept. But very soon, America is going to be great again. And I, for one, can hardly wait. Mr. Trump is going to save this country. You had to go there, didn't you? Oh, man. Come on. not super. We got to change the subject on this. Why don't we do some more music? Okay. Look, I know the two former Senate majority leaders who were on Spud's show in the first hour feel bipartisanship is really important. But, I mean, if we have a really strong commander in chief like Mr. Trump, I mean, people will just fall in line and things will get done in Washington, D.C. I I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm positive he will. Mm. He was born to lead. Have either of you ever read The Art of the Deal? What a book. No, no. I know they were giving copies away at a Goodwill a couple years ago. I mean, they must have had a couple hundred copies someone donated. I mean, they were going for like 25 cents a piece, and it didn't okay. seem like All they right. were moving Super. that well. You know, Gina, Gina, now that you mention it, I think they had a copy of that at the prison library. Of course they would. Yeah, I, I know, I because I worked some there. Yeah. I was in there, and... Uh, I don't think I ever saw anybody check it out, not even once. You know, not I'm surprised. just saying, Derek. Well, great individuals often threaten those who have not been blessed with similar gifts. I mean, let's just say I would not expect Mr. Trump's book to be popular in a prison. The subject matter would be a, a bit over the heads of that population. If, whoa, if you know whoa, I mean. whoa, hold. What are you saying? Come on. All right, Derek. I'm going to have to take a breath here. You know what? Let me tell you something about prison anyway. There are no better businessmen than a lot of guys that are in the joint there that I did time with. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's just their business model was just a little risky. That's kind of... Super. You know, no more risky than sinking hundreds of millions in casinos. And that didn't turn out real well. I mean, filing for bankruptcy usually means that you're not doing well. Uh, Look, that's yeah. just all Sorry. falsehoods told by the liberal media. No. Mr. Trump only filed we got, for we, just... We got to play some music here. All right, let's play some music. All right, here is the man in black, the late Johnny Cash with Going to Memphis. And, and then we have the sun rays with I Live what, for the Sun. Hit it, TJ. Damn it. What? Ride this train to Pine Ridge, Mississippi. See that levee there? It's built to hold back the waters of Old Man River when he gets on a rampage. And he gets on a rampage, believe me. One of these days, he's going to come right over that levee. We're going to have to head for the hills again. And you know how that levee was built, mister? Not with machines. It was built with elbow grease. They got the men off the farms, out of the houses, even out of the honky-tonks on Saturday night. I don't hardly know how it happened to me. It happens fast. I just remember I was in the Green Lantern in Natchez one Saturday night. Somebody pulled a knife and somebody threw the bottle. And the next thing I knew, I had a chain on my leg and a shovel in my hand. It seemed like a whole world come down on me. They whipped us like mules. When they did feed us, there's always a fight or a killing over who's gonna get the biggest piece of meat. 
course, the boss man didn't care about the killings. That is, unless you killed a good worker, then you get killed. If you complain about anything, it's just liable to give you a chance to get away. You know what I mean? They take the chains off of your legs and beg you to run so they can shoot you. Bring a drink of water, Leroy. Bring a drink of water. No. If I could get to the mercy man, he'd give me some, I know. I got a gal in Vicksburg. Bertha is her name. Wish I was tied to Bertha instead of this ball and chain. I'm going to Memphis. That's right, A dude took all my money, wouldn't let me see the cars. I owe the boss about a hundred years for sleeping in his backyard. I'm going to Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I'm going to Memphis. I'm like a bitter weed, I'm a bad seed. But when that levee's through, and I am too, let the hockey talk roll on. Come on and I'll be gone I'm going to Memphis Yeah, Memphis I've never been to Chicago But it must be a mighty fine place I couldn't get past Tennessee With Mississippi all over my face I'm going to Memphis Well, the freezing ground at night is my own folding bed. Poke salad is my bread and meat, and it will be till I'm dead. Well, I brought me a little water in a Mr. Prince Albert can, but the boss man caught me drinking it, and I believe he broke my hand. For slashing Mr. Scott My brother was killed for a deed I did But I disremember what Yeah Well, another boy is down The shovel burned him out Let me stand on his body To see what the shouting's about I'm going to Memphis Yeah, I'm going to Memphis like a bitter weed, I'm a bad seed But when the levee's through, and I am too Let the hockey talk roll on Come on and I'll be gone I'm going to Memphis
is the Spud Goodman post-show report. I think we've got time for one more highlight, Derek. We do have time for one more highlight. In this last highlight, Spud is talking to Lisa Lampanelli about her history with the Westboro Baptist Church, and uh, Gerald interrupts and tries to save Spud's soul. Can't find somebody to actually marry, but anyway, so Lisa, (laughs) when you were on previously, we discussed the fact that you raised over 50,000 bucks for the Gay Men's Health Crisis Fund after being picketed by the Westboro Church in Topeka, Kansas in 2011. So here's my question. Sadly, the Reverend Fred Phelps, the leader of the organization, has since passed away. Do you think, you know, do you have a sense that he's currently residing in hell or is there a place even hotter and lower than hell? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, first of all, I know you said sadly, ironically, when you said he died. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's he's probably, um, he's burning. And what I love about it is they've become kind of a little bit less active now that he's gone. Maybe the crazy is starting to dissipate. But we'll see soon because in a few weeks I'm going to be in uh, those areas. So oh. we'll see what happens, man. Oh, wow. But Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's burning. And also, I'm still alive after the picketing and the donation, so he can suck it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we know who won that one. All right. Um, Excuse me, Spud. Yes? Well, I wanted to jump in here and advise you not to make light of hell. It is a place we all should be quite fearful of. Now, I know you are a failed Catholic now, but it's, yes, I am. it's not too late to reconsider. As a Mormon, I would hate to think of you spending eternity there with or without Mr. Phelps. I don't believe in hell, okay? Heaven, maybe. I mean, that's a nice option rather than just having to hang around here on Earth in the dirt or in some urn. I know Mr. Phelps was not a pleasant man. Yes, he did make extremely cruel statements at times over a bullhorn at the funerals of many great Americans, many who served this country bravely. That's right. But I'm sure he was just misguided. Deep down, maybe he was a decent person. No, I don't think so. And the only time I'm really sad that there is no actual hell is when I think of this guy. Well... Just the same, please do give some thought to returning to the fold. Oh, it would know. at least keep your options open. I mean, still, there's no guarantee you would ever make it to heaven, as it's a pretty tough ticket for the average person, let alone you, Spud Goodman. But at least give it a shot. Yeah, I'll think about it, okay? But let me get back to Lisa. I really like this lady, even if she does dig Trump. 
All right, Lisa, I'm back. I had to tie my shoe, and I'm, I'm very OCD about it. It takes me a while. My apologies. Sure, no problem. Uh, well, Lisa, <laughs> last question. Um, you know, if Yeah, I'm really glad that they got that, uh, that, that, that there's no more picketing. Oh, there's no more picketing of the Westboro Baptist, is there? Uh, I, I, I haven't really... seen him around. Yeah. Okay, well, I think mission accomplished then. All right. I'm glad for that. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to squeeze in another song right here. How's that hey. sound, Gina? Oh, that sounds great. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a Ty Siegel with Standing at the Station. Play it. Standing at the Station. So you know, guys, uh, I think uh, I think I'm gonna take it from here. Oh, you know what? I'm, we got time for one more. Yeah, now that I think one, about it, one more song. Uh, let, let's do M Ward M- with, M- Ward with, with Crawl After, after you. you. I cannot be depended on to lie. And casually watch as you go waltzing by I've been shook so bad That I cannot stand to utilize my feet So I gotta crawl after you Tell you who I am I was raised by a tribe of Vegas cowboys Who claim I was born from a union of dust and wind 
And when I came of age, well I sailed away A pine cone on the Rio Grande Now I gotta crawl after you Tell you who I am And today is the day I caught up with you I see you walking by the cafe near Well should I stay here On this bus stop bench So strange to see you after all these years So I cannot be Depended on to lie here And casually watch as you go waltzing by I've been shook so bad That I cannot stand to utilize my feet So I gotta crawl after you To sign up what? right now. No, you guys, I think we have time to get right, one more. No. Penner, we got to thank TJ for thank, filling thank in. TJ, thank you, TJ. Mike, Mike, uh, Mike, thank you, Mike. Thank um, you filling in. Our, oh, Productions Trent, assistant, Trent, 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 Okay, can we just say goodnight now? So we got to thank everybody. Thank you, everybody. Derek, now out. Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, David Deere. On-air talent, Annie Coleman and Derek Schneider. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Production assistants, Trent Potello and Carrie Coleman. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicists. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>